0: Ace the Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by Jason Shear. Jason, we have a lot to get to this show, much to talk about. First of all, you seem seemingly coming from a different location. Where is the U of A backdrop?
1: Uh, My computer was uh, dying,
0: so I'm in my living room with... Oh. Oh, I see it. Okay, I got you. All right. We are in a new era of college basketball right now. Watching this NCAA tournament right now, whether it's Kansas State, whether it's Texas, granted, I just gave two teams that uh, that uh, ended up losing, but they're in the Big 12. Hint, hint, hint. But you look at it, though, Kansas State, uh, the, they're, almost their entire roster is transfers. Their two best players, Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel, loaded. Then you look at Texas, much the same. Marque- Marcus Carr, Serge Bari Rice, Tyrese Hunter, um, t- uh, Timmy Allen you can go on and on down the list this is a new era of college basketball and while I like the Courtney Rameys of the world I like the Cedric Hendersons of the world Tommy Lloyd's got to get in this portal and get some real difference makers yeah I mean
1: this isn't college football where you have so many roster spots and you could get a transfer and you know their impact could be pretty good or they might just get lost in the shuffle because there's so many dudes basketball you're playing five guys You get two, three good transfers. It changes your program entirely. It's why you could rebuild basketball programs so easily. And Tommy Lloyd could easily put together a very good team on the court next season by landing good transfers. And like you mentioned, you know, Courtney Ramey was solid. Cedric Henderson was solid. But you could do better than solid in the basketball transfer portal. And and there's a lot of pressure on Tommy Lloyd to, to get this right. Because if he does, Arizona has the chance to be a very good team next year.
0: And you need, again, you need difference makers at the key positions right here. And so we're going to talk about those positions right here. First and foremost, though, I believe that Azulis Tabellus is probably moving on. Um, and uh, you know what? That's not the the end of the world for Arizona. And I'll tell you why. Because, again, while Zoo was very, very good, we don't want to diminish anything that Zoo's done. He is also a guy that he's closer to a role player than a star and that he's reliant on other players to get the ball He also generally isn't big in the biggest moments. He is a player that I think is very replaceable, Jason Shear. I mean, not very replaceable, but replaceable. How about that? I I think he's replaceable if you do it right.
1: I I don't think Arizona is going to go and land someone that is averaging 20 and 10 a game like he did. It's just that that's not happening. But if you bring in a guy that could average 14 and 8 and then add a wing that averages a little more than Cedric Henderson did, all of a sudden you replaced it. And if you bring in a a power forward that is better defensively than Zoo, you you know, it's the offensive numbers may not be there, but he's also giving up less. And, you know, I like Zoo a lot. I don't think there's any doubting he is a very good offensive player. But by now we know he is not a good defender, and there's been games that are big where he just hasn't played well. And, you know, I, I like Zoo. I, I think, you know, if you're Arizona, you welcome him back with open mars. But if he leaves, it's not the end of the world as long as you replace him correctly and with some talented player. You're not going to replace Zoo with another Zoo, right. but you can, you can formulate the roster where it'll it'll be OK if Zoo leaves.
0: I think we're at the point too where we're gonna find out a lot about Tommy Lloyd this offseason. Granted, on the court, we know that he's a fantastic coach. I mean, you watch what he's done. He's an A plus coach. I think it's very difficult to not to not come to that conclusion. But there has been, you know, I mean, we can be honest here. It hasn't been perfect. There have been some recruiting misses. A lot of people, you know, th- we thought we were gonna get KJ Evans, but again, you lose him to Oregon. That's a uh, you know, you get paid a little bit more. I get that. But you also get uh, um uh, Cody Williams, this kid you probably shouldn't lose. Granted, it's a little bit different. But we're going to find out this year, I think, what exactly if, – if he is with the times right there. And I believe he will be. But, again, you look at all these teams out there. These teams are thriving off grad, tra- or grad transfers, transfers. And Arizona's got to get in there. And especially – I mean, look at a guy like a Mohammed Gay, for example. And we're going to get to a uh, – we're going to get to some charts here in just a minute. But a Mohammed Gay right here – that guy would fit in perfectly here at Arizona, in my opinion. Washington State, big man. You put him next to Ballo. He's a little redundant, but that's the kind of guy that you need somebody like that, in my opinion.
1: I love when you, uh, when you Mike Luke tamper. <laughs> he's
0: out the guy's of the portal. Oil.
1: Man, he would sure look good at
0: Arizona. <laughs> well, I mean, we assume he's listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Right?
1: <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, and if you can add a guy like that, that's great. I, I agree with you. You know, Tommy Lloyd is going to be tested. And there's no doubt about it because if this goes wrong, um, you know, Arizona is going to go down next season. If it goes right, you won't see much of a drop-off and there's actual chances of improvement. Uh, but he's got to – the NIL needs to get with the the times. Everything needs to get with the times in terms of, you know, Tommy bringing Porter Trancell uh, – uh, transfer portal players you know you got to do the the match the match and personality you can't just say oh we don't want this guy or you know yeah this guy's really good but you got to be willing to play with the big boys and a lot of that is money i mean there's guys where arizona won't get involved in where people blame tommy where it's not his fault like miami for instance yeah, they're in a final four nigel pack cost 800 grand arizona's mm-hmm. not paying 800 grand for a guard if that's why they lose them so be it. But if they're losing a guy that's like 200 grand, there's probably some bigger issues with the program that need to be fixed NIL and all that but you know Tommy Lloyd in my opinion has to get this right and and I and I have a pretty good idea of the direction they're going to go in and I and I have confidence that he'll get it right but you know that remains to be seen and until it it gets done people are are going to be a little bit skeptical
0: All right, Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up the graphic just to show people up here what exactly you look at here in the NCAA tournament, the type of people or the type of players right now that are, I mean, just look at this across the board. Uh, Great work by our guy Sean DePaz as well. Marquise Noel, 17.6 points, 8.3 assists. Keontae Johnson, um, first team all Big 12. Marcus Carr, Serge Ibari Rice, Nigel Pack. These are all players right here who are Ultimate difference makers. Again, I don't need all-American type players, but I need guys like this. And these are the epitome of difference makers. These aren't fringe guys. These aren't seventh or eighth men in the rotation. These are big-time players here that can turn you from being a top 25 team to a top 10 even better type team, here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like you mentioned. Like, basketball takes one guy. Like, Marquise Noel was at, like, I think it was Arkansas Little Rock or something. And he wasn't supposed to be this good. So to me, he's a little different. But you take a look at like Nigel Pack. He was good and you paid for him. Miami paid for Isaiah Wong to stay at Miami when he was basically like, I'm a free agent. Um, But all it takes is one. Like it, it really does. Like if you take a look at some of the schools left. And yeah, I mean, Florida Atlantic is a little different. But even San Diego State, San Diego State's entire team is transfers. They just – I mean, they just – they did it right, and, and they evaluated right. Uh, UConn is a little bit more homegrown. Miami we talked about. Texas we talked about. You get one – let's say Arizona's biggest deficiency was, you're going to have one guy that could break someone off the dribble. Well, you can go in the portal and try to find that. Is it easy? No. If you go to the portal and you get it, you're golden.
0: I mean, you look at it, there's guys like, again, there's guys like a Khalif Battle that's in the portal right now. Kid at a temple, averaged uh, almost 20 points per game last year. And he would be, he was a guy that Arizona was missing. Now, again, I don't know the fit. I don't know all of that. But that's the kind of guy you're looking at. By the way, this is interesting right here. We're going to get to Frankie uh, Tamil's point here in a, sec- a second on Kellell Ware bouncing from the great Dana Altman at Crete. But first, Jason Shearer, have you ever been to Circle K?
1: I have, actually.
0: All right, and here's the best sales point that I can give you, is Circle K. And I'm going to keep driving this home because it's a place for the people. Toughest intersections in Tucson, you will find a Circle K. The best intersections in Tucson, you will find a Circle K. We ran a poll about the toughest intersections in Tucson, uh, Jason Shear, And guess what? Oracle and Grant won as the toughest intersection. You know what's prominently displayed right there? Circle K. A Circle K. And again, here's what you you can get all kinds of uh, great, uh, you can get all kinds of great drinks, all that stuff. And again, uh, here's the deal. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff and be stocked all March Madness long. Head to circlek.com backslash store dash locator, circlek.com slash store dash locator to find a Circle K near you. And again, Um, All kinds of stuff, in-store sweepstakes, Red Bull, Monsters, you name it. Again, coming at you with a great price. And Tap and Bottle. Our good friends at Tap and Bottle, let's say that you're getting some Circle K, you're getting some munchies, and you're like, hmm, I'd like to go have some drinks as well. Tap and Bottle. It's in the area. You can check it out on the north side, or you can check it out to the downtown location. You might even think to yourself, hmm, interesting. Well, since there are basically every corner, which they are, you can go to Circle K. Like I said, get your munchies and then go to Tap and Bottle again and support local. Scott and Rebecca do a great job, as you know. Okay, now, Kellell Ware enters the transfer portal. This is an interesting one because reading some reports, it sounds like possibly in folly, Dante might come back. But either way, where d- never really hit uh, stride there with Oregon. I'm curious to see what happens with him because he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of talent.
1: Uh, yeah, he's about to get paid by someone. I just assume every transfer is going to Arkansas. But, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy where it's very interesting because, like, Tyrese Proctor is another one. These guys can go to the draft, and they right. would be drafted. Like, Proctor would push to be in the lottery, where it would be, probably be end of the first round. But they're returning because the financial reasons are, are convincing them it, it would be worth it. And so, you know, where's a guy where he's he's super talented? for whatever reason, didn't reach his peak at, um, you know, Oregon, but there's no doubt the guy can block shots and defend at the very least. That's what you're getting. And I would assume that the the best programs in the country um, will be, will be after him.
0: Okay. So now Arizona, then on the recruiting trail right now, we've talked about it. you got, uh, um, you've got, uh, uh, excuse me, um, uh, KJ Lewis coming in right there, but obviously you need other players. I think you're going to see a combination probably of European guys, but I think you're also going to see a combination though of in uh, of local type of domestic players for domestic players for lack of a better term right there. And I think that's the template you got to go with. But I do give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit for being able to make some hard decisions already because again, he liked Kirk Creasa and, you know, Kirk Crease, I, I think a basically kind of got the hint that his role was going to change. And so again, he's shown that so far, but again, huge offseason here for Tommy Lloyd. Yeah,
1: I would agree with you. I, I think it'll probably be 50 50 with international and domestic players. Um, you know, I, I, I think they'll go and land a, a big man or international. I think that'll probably be what comes back. And then the a wing and a guard will be more domestic um, if everything goes as planned, but yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, it, it's it's a big off season, but you got to credit for him. You know, we wondered after the Princeton loss if Tommy Lloyd would be in a position to do the the hard things and, and tell the hard truths, and and he clearly did with Kerr, and he he clearly did with with the Dema ball, and and that's big. I mean, at the end of the day, it was time to move on. You know, Duma's kind of whatever he probably was going to move on on his own, but you know, with Kerr, that's a decision that that probably didn't come lightly. Um, but it, it just felt like it was time, and and now you're able to. Give Kylan Boswell the minutes that he he deserved and that he probably should have got as as recent as Princeton. He should have got more minutes. And now you don't have to worry about Kerr in that scenario and what happens. It is Kylan Boswell starting point guard. And and then I think that'll pay dividends.
0: I think ideally Kylan Boswell is the best player on the team next year. Now, because I think that he could make that jump. I mean, maybe not the best player, but the most instrumental player. Because I look at Boswell, and I think that he can be – I don't see any reason that he can't be 15 points, five rebounds, pretty good defensive player, and a guy that just kind of brings a real toughness that this team kind of lacked at certain points. If you get Kylan Boswell, and then let's say you get a good shooting guard, and then you pair him with Pella Larson – is your third option on the perimeter. All of a sudden, that doesn't look too bad, but you got to get a difference maker next to Boswell, and Boswell's got to be able to take that next step.
1: Yeah, I, I think to me, they they need a true two-guard, they, and they need someone that could break a guy off the dribble or even another point guard if they want to go the two-point guard route. But I think they need a, a dynamic player they could trust. You know, Ramey was a very good three-point shooter, but he wasn't dynamic. He wound up just being a shooter by the end of the season that – can defend once in a while, basically. Um, right. Didn't really rebound or whatever. You need a guy that can break people off the dribble next to Boswell because all of a sudden you have two guys that can create their own shot, which is probably two more than Arizona had last season uh, at times, at least getting minutes. So to me, I mean, yeah, if Zoo leaves, it's important to replace him or whatever. But um, to me, I, I think two guard is where I'm watching the closest. What What is Tommy Lloyd going to do to bring someone in next to Kyle and Boswell?
0: Yes, and I am all for the transfer portal, by the way. I don't believe in unlimited transfer portals. I think you get the one time and then you have to sit out unless you're a grad transfer. But I think this is good for college basketball, quite frankly. And I buy the argument, too, that, you know, coaches can up and leave. I think a player, you know what, if you go there and you find out this isn't a good fit culturally, playing time-wise, whatever the case may be, I think it's more than okay for that player to be able to move on, here.
1: Yeah, transfer portal doesn't bother me at all. I I do agree with you. There needs to be a limit. I I don't want to see kids transferring every year just to get paid by a new school every year. Mm -hmm. I I think that's ridiculous. But the ability to transfer once and then if you want to transfer again, there being a penalty, I I have no problem with it. Because like you mentioned, uh, a coach can get up and leave. And and if a coach can do it for
0: millions, why shouldn't a, a player be able to do it? Adam Epstein, great point, great question right here. Does the staff have faith in Philly B, Philly B to get minutes uh, next season? I'm just going to say that I hope that Philly B is good, but I'm also kind of at the point when I do see Philly B being good or being a contributor, at that point I'll believe it. He obviously likes him, but again, I don't have a ton I don't have a ton of expectations good or bad for Philly B.
1: Yeah, I don't really know what we're going to get next year. I mean, there, there at times when we watch practice, he looked awesome. And at times he looked lost. And there's a, the biggest issue for him was like he, like overseas, he was able to do like behind the back passes like it was a normal bounce pass. And it but he's work. playing you and me. Right. <laughs> and, like, and that doesn't work in college. And he needs to be taught that and remember that. I don't have any expectations. I don't know what to expect. He could not be good. He could be great. Um, I don't expect him to be great next season, but it wouldn't surprise me if he becomes a 10 minute per game guy. I just we don't really know. I, I think this is a a very big summer for his progression and development.
0: Speaking of a very big summer, our guy, your guy, Dylan Anderson, one of the peaks right there. um Dylan Anderson, no news is good news in my opinion in this uh, in this situation right there. We're big fans of Dylan Anderson on this show, and we want him back, Jason Shear.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm really curious, you know, it, it's a big offseason for Dylan, like you said, because Arizona's going to bring in more bigs. I, right. I mean, they're, they're going overseas and they're going to bring in one or two guys and there's going to be Vasar still and Dylan's going to have to compete. And uh, it, it's a big opportunity for him because there's going to be new bigs on the roster. He's been on the roster. But, you know, there's there's a lot of guys where playing time is right there for him you know, and, and, and they got to go and they got to grab it. And Dylan's on campus and it's, it's a big chance for him to kind
0: of move forward and, and get some playing time. My light is flickering up above that shows you how important Dylan Anderson conversation is to Arizona wildcat basketball fans. All right. Great question. Great questions coming here. Frankie, we'll get to your question about uh, the Don Thomas here in just a moment, but uh, uh, Henry Vasehart, will he start at center? Um, I don't know that, but I will say this. Henry Vesar, to me, is the epitome of the good and the bad of uh, European recruiting. He's obviously a talented kid, and I expect him to be a good player here because he's got things that you can't teach. He can block shots. He's incredibly long. I think that he's actually a better shooter than he's shown. I expect him to be a good player. But it's also very difficult at this day, in, uh, day and age to be able to project a guy like him, can he come in? Cause there are guys that can come in and be 12 and seven, but there's also guys like Vesar that it's going to take some time. So I look for him. And again, I hate saying this because I'm a big fan of the peaks, obviously. Dylan Anderson's my guy, but I do believe that right now you've got it that Henry Vesar has got to be the one that really takes that jump.
1: Yeah. That's to me, you know, Henry Vesar has to has to be able to, to make that jump and and be the player that he was supposed to be. Now, obviously there's, you know, like you mentioned, he's super talented. I don't think anyone can deny, like you see it in in spurts when he played, he is a he moves.
0: He, he doesn't move like a robot,
1: you know Um, with him. It was confidence. You know, you go in international, you're just killing dudes. You're dominating in America. Most of the time it's harder. And when it's harder and you struggle and you're not used to that, it's how do you handle that? And, and to be blunt, Henry didn't handle it very well. I mean, he, he he lost his confidence. And when that happens with the basketball player, you're done. And, and so uh, they had to be very careful to make sure he didn't lose his confidence completely. But I don't expect him to start at the five. I think Umar's a lock. Maybe Umar's minutes go down, but I don't I don't see a situation where Umar goes from starting to not starting. But Vesar needs to be better. He needs to be better. He needs to make Umar a 25-minute-per-game type of guy. Where, you know, Umar doesn't run himself into the ground. Because I think that happened last year. You know, I right. think Umar is not meant to be playing 35 minutes a game. It's just not, the, the physically, it's not what he's supposed to be doing. So, Basar's got to be that guy to kind of take the load off Umar and, and, and be effective.
0: Have you ever heard of Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports? I can never hear about it too much, though. Okay, here's the deal with Four Peaks. Thanks for setting me up right there. You might say to yourself, Mike, Four Peaks, I thought that that was the U of A big men. You were right, but it's also, and more importantly, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Here's the deal. New coach, new GM, the Cardinals have the third pick in the draft. Choose Will Anderson, if you ask me. But it's a big opportunity for our team. The best place to take in this pivot pivotal moment and the rest of the NFL draft is on April 27th at four Peaks 8 Street pub must be 21 years or older to and enjoy responsibly all right now to Don thomas here this is an interesting this is an interesting recruitment because now there's some rumors that he's going to re, that he could possibly reclassify obviously Houston is in there really well with him I don't really know on this one I'll be quite frank I really don't know what to expect on him I'm just being honest right there what do you think
1: yeah. I mean, he could reclassify. He hasn't made that decision and, and reclassification may not even be the entire season. He could right. reclassify. And, he could come in
0: the second semester.
1: Right. And, um, you know, people have done it before. It's happened at like Kentucky. It can happen at Arizona. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's a situation where he, he hasn't decided yet. He'll decide that Arizona is still very much involved in his recruitment. And, uh, I don't think him reclassifying would Necessarily take Arizona out of it. Um, You know, I I think if if Arizona wants to keep on recruiting him and he says, look, I want to reclassify. I think December probably becomes an option, but that decision hasn't been made. Arizona's recruiting him
0: like it normally has and will continue to do so. All right, now let's talk a little bit conference realignment here because there was some uh, there was some back and forth right here by people that have actual credibility in the industry. You're uh, John Auerlins, you're on Andrew Marchons, and you're Brett McMurphys, who said that Fox is not currently at the table with uh, um, the Pac-12. I believe that to be true. And when it's just John Canzano that is saying that they are there, I think John's playing semantics right here. And I think some people are falling for it, but most people have seen the uh, uh, the exposure of what John Canzano was trying to push.
1: Yeah, it's semantics. If Fox says, "Look, when you get this thing done, maybe we'll sub-license a game or two out." That doesn't mean they're involved in the in the negotiations. It means they're saying, "Look, maybe down the road we'll get a couple games." They're not involved in the negotiations. They're not at the table. Um, they they're maybe hanging in the background. But even then, I haven't heard that they're they're not heavily involved in negotiations at all from where everything is pointing. And again, you know, maybe something is being done in super secretly it's, it's Apple right now. And, and, and then other networks are possibly involved, but Apple is the one that keeps coming up the most and seems to be the most consistent.
0: What I've heard, what I've heard from basically day one is listen, if it was this simple, if it was all done, there would be a deal done by now. Again, maybe a deal does happen, but, I was told from day one that, you know, the money, the visibility isn't there. So when Canzano is putting something out, August 6, 2022, possible, uh, you know, we're coming up on a year there, dude. And then last week, it was supposed to be a big deal. This coming week, it was supposed to be a big deal. This really is an interesting thing to watch here because when you watch guys like McMurphy, when you watch guys like March on Hourland, who that's their job and they've broken stuff, especially those two when it comes to TV media deals. I mean, Sports Business Journal, I mean, look at the headline right there. And they don't care either. That's the other thing. These people don't have any real reason to make stuff up right here. Whereas, you know, if Oregon State's telling me stuff or Washington State's looking me to push things, I'm probably not looking to lose them as a source If those are my only sources right there. So again, uh, the, uh, the, basically everything that's been reported here about the pack being strong, staying together, that hasn't really come to fruition at all.
1: You're together until you're not right. And mm-hmm. it, it, it makes no sense for the school presidents to come out and be like, no, we're not together at all. We're broken. Because if you do that, right. who the heck's going to even sit down and negotiate right. with you? Uh, and, and, of course, George is going to tell the president, hey, do me a favor. Just say we're all together, you yeah. know, And because the, the networks aren't even going to talk to us if we're not together. And the longer it goes, the the worse it's it's going to be. And uh, eventually, you know, it's like, like you mentioned, like August, it was never getting done in August. Nobody thought it was, thought it was going to be done, done in
0: August. Literally nobody.
1: Right, and then you go, okay. Well, it's going to be done. You know, George Kachov is going to announce it before the Pac-12 tournament. Dude didn't even hold the presser. Right, and it's like eventually, it's like, come on. Like if I tell you something's going to happen, and I tell you it every day for ten years, and eventually it happens, that doesn't make me right. That's <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> and so that's that's
0: kind of what Kinzana's doing right now. All right, our guy Brett Earmark, as we call him here, Brett Earmark. But if you actually put his name in your phone many times, it will it will auto correct Earmark. Which is a great name. This is the dude, when you watch him, when you watch him though, the way that he moves around, the way that he gets things done, the way that he talks to people is very, very interesting right here. He's been a little quiet of late right now. I know that he's been moving around. There's been a lot of reports. I'm very curious to see what Brett, uh, or what Brett's been up to, because I believe that he has been talking with school presidents in the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, I feel very confident saying that he's talked... To a couple school presidents in the Pac-12 as of late, it's gone quiet from him publicly for a reason. I, I think that they're probably still he, he's starting to really push and, and trying to get things done with numbers and all that. Obviously, you know, going back to Kinzano, originally he said that Tuesday, major last Tuesday, major dominoes would fall. Huge and meanwhile, huge dominoes, dominoes. we we heard it was a very short meeting, um, positive meeting, which means nothing. No one ever said what positive meant. And, and again, it was the, you know, just throwing, kicking the can down the road. And and I think when that happened and nothing came from that meeting, George got even more aggressive and said, you know what? I'm going to start calling these school presidents, engaging with them directly a little bit more than I have been.
0: You know, what disappoints me in all of this reporting though, is Wilner. I like Wilner. I think the Wilner is a pretty good reporter. I know that he likes trolling Arizona fans and it definitely drive, rightfully drives Arizona fans up a wall. Like when he picked Arizona to finish, what, ninth last year or whatever it was. But at the same time, I've never believed that he's really – he's got an agenda, but I don't believe that he's ever reported things that he didn't think were actually true. Like, give you an example, though. He talked about for every week that this uh, TV deal doesn't happen, he's putting his point spread going down from 4.5 to 4 to 3.5. Well, these weeks keep happening, and he still he stopped with the point spread. He said, but – because they're making public statements that they're in solidarity. I mean, at some point, come on, dude. I mean, <laughs> what are they going to say?
1: Yeah, it, it's we, like it, we we've seen coaches and ads, and we've seen like athletic directors saying like, yeah, this coach is safe and fire him two hours later. the The Big East was great, happy everyone was together, and then they were gone an hour later. Like it's so a it's a situation like that, and and I don't take I I, I will say I don't take anything at face value when the when the president's talk robbins was close you know i i believe a lot of what robin said and and for him to come out and say that april 15th was a deadline he gave to me that's the most interesting aspect of all of this because i'd be surprised if a deal came out april 15th and when it doesn't let's see what happens but honestly i like Wilner. like i don't have a big problem with him i mean we're not best friends or anything my biggest thing with him is tying himself to canzano is is hurting his stock as a reporter in my opinion. And look, if there's no doubt he wants the Pac-12 to stay together. He's a Pac-12 writer, but I think
0: there needs to be a little balance in that. Right. Our BTH right here, this is a very good question. How does the uh, San Diego State Final Four move the needle on conference expansion? Good for Pac-12 surviving. Well, if you were to listen to Canzano and Wilner, basketball doesn't matter when it comes to all this. But guess who was driving home the stake yesterday saying that this was great for the Pac-12? Canzano and Wilner. Obviously basketball matters. I've never been of the opinion. I've never been of the opinion that it doesn't matter. I get that football's king, but I also think that people underrate uh, basketball when it comes to, when it comes to things. I don't believe that it's a 10 to one difference or, you know, whatever some people try to push.
1: Yeah, I think that was funny when, you know, all throughout the entire cycle, basketball is not that important. San Diego State to the Pac-12. Basketball super important. Invite them now. Uh, basketball is important. Football is where the money is. But, you know, credit Brett, your has been consistent in saying we're going to find a way to monetize basketball better than it has been. And his, in his mind, he's going to create the best basketball conference in the country. He's probably going to do some preseason tournament or something to monetize it. And all of a sudden, that gap between football and basketball is closing. And it'll never be even or equal. Football is always going to be the money moneymaker. Um, but in terms of San Diego State, uh, I don't think it means that much because again, you know, it, it's them making the final four is great. It's great for them. It, it, it Overall, it's not like, you know, you don't invite them to the pack 12 and all of a sudden there's a windfall of money. It, it, that's right. just not how it works. Um, but you know, it's, is it beneficial in terms of PR? Yeah. I, I think that would be the biggest gain is, Oh, look, this team made the final four and now we
0: have them in the pack 12. And for the longest time, Pac-12 presidents were against adding San Diego State because it would bring down the academic prestige of the conference. Weird how they're kind of going back and forth on that. I also thought that was an interesting point that Robbins made, too, about back in the day where he was for adding all of the Big 12 teams or the ones that really mattered. That one, to me, was fascinating, too, because it also showed, too, that it wasn't just strictly about academics for him, whereas I think somebody like uh, Jacob Franklin's guy, Michael Crow. It's strictly about academics and not sports. Even Robins, though it's funny coming from ASU. Go ahead.
1: Robbins is, he's, he's from the South. Like he's not, he's not like he has no, that's his culture. And he's not one of these snotty guys that are the president of of University that, you know, thumb their nose down. it That's just not how he is. He's open to, to bringing in these schools. You know, Arizona has a research deal with Oklahoma state, for instance. Um, he's going to put Arizona in a great position uh, academically and research money-wise and all that. And if that means signing on with a Big 12 school to do it, he'll do it. That's just who he is.
0: I am all for, too, this out-of-conference scheduling that Arizona's doing right now. Uh, we we're remiss in bringing it up uh, earlier, but Arizona playing Alabama right there. You got Alabama. You got Duke. You got a lot of villains that Arizona's going to be taking on. But their ultimate villain, though, is Alabama in this. We assume that Arizona's players will be safe. <laughs> yes,
1: and it'll be in Phoenix. The one after will be in Birmingham. Um, it'll be fun, you know, and and I will say this. Arizona is not done yet. There are some conversations happening with another major program. I can't give it away yet. If it gets done, I think people are going to be very happy. Then there's potential for another big home game. Uh, but, you know, people wanting Arizona to schedule tough, it's it's happening. Arizona is going to have a very difficult schedule next season. And, uh, and we're going to see how that prepares them. But the Alabama game is fun. I don't know if me, like, we're going to have to stick together for that game. Because yeah, Alabama Greg, fans, Greg
0: Byrne, they're not going to be very happy with us. Alabama fans, Greg Byrne fan, or Greg Byrne, not happy to see Mike Luke. But you know what? Sometimes you got to stand on morals. Sometimes you got to stand on principle. That's what I try to look at myself as a combination of Mother Teresa and General Blackjack Pershing mixed into one from my sofa right here. Um, Now, let's talk about Arizona football. Uh, Before we get into the details, if First of all fans you should go out to these practices because again you're not going to get like all the information but just watch how it's conducted watch how it's organized it's absolutely and uh to zona uh, Tucson 93 yes playing in Tucson next year watch how it's organized though there is a rhyme and there is a reason for everything you and I have seen some really bad football over the years we've seen rich rod at practice basically going from one uh basically going from one uh, group to the other screaming out Adam, not letting the coaches coach. Then we had Kevin Sumlin who didn't care. Jed Fish clearly cares and everything is choreographed, you know, perfectly out there. They know what they're doing going into practice. And for Arizona fans, that's something we shouldn't take lightly.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Like you mentioned, like we, we saw some bad football practices where, you know, Kevin Sumlin era, we didn't know what was going on. You barely even knew someone was on the field. There is a very distinct plan. To Jed Fish practices and a, a format, there's a consistency and, and that means a lot. And you could hear coaches. Um, if you walk in and you hear a coach screaming, it's probably Dwayne Aquina or John Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> and and it, and they're fun. Like I could watch John Richardson coach all day long. He's also awesome fair to along. say that
0: you're in on Dwayne Aquina now.
1: Yes, very much so. Although I don't know if you saw this, this is actually news that should be discussed. Remember the deal where the analyst could coach? Mm-hmm. It will not be put up to vote. They didn't pass
0: it. That surprised me.
1: Yes, that is a big deal. People are pissed. So I'm very curious about how schools will get around that because there's no way you're telling Dwayne Aquina, sorry, man, you can't be on the field coaching.
0: So, well, uh-oh. and that's the thing because that's why I want Dwayne Aquina here. I don't need him to be, uh, be a coach. Per se, but I need him on the field evaluating. I need him down there being able to see things. I don't want him in the I don't want him in the press box with me. I don't want him in the stands. I don't want him. I need Dwayne Aquina down there on the field. That's what matters to me. I was very surprised that that didn't pass because I don't see really the the drawback. To be honest with you,
1: no. And people were very surprised. They they absolutely thought that that would pass, and so it's going to be interesting. Dwayne Aquina, we talked to him the other day for ten minutes, and he just started crying talking about a memory, and uh, it's funny. The only two coaches to cry talking to us are Chuck and, and Dwayne, and it's probably the two guys on the roster where Arizona means the world to them, and it, it, it's not BS. They are all in with Arizona, and, and Dwayne Aquino is definitely uh, fun to watch coach and all that. It, it's It's been fun.
0: All right. as every As people get older out here, your libido starts going down. Your testosterone levels start going down. We all know it. And it's time to acknowledge it because, again, we're not in the 1940s. This isn't taboo anymore. And Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication to help achieve and maintain a strong erection. And men with low T, getting testosterone levels up uh, back to normal can increase your libido. Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes lab processing, and uh, appropriate for you, treatment for low testosterone and here's the cool thing about it no waiting rooms no hassle straightforward digital experience from the comfort at home now uh, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals go to ro.co/phnx to get 20% off your entire first order that's ro.co/phnx again we're not in the uh, 1930s anymore this is a fact of life. Roman is here to help and again it's all discreet you can do it from the comfort of your own home and again check it out Roman and check out the show notes and the link in the details right there but again very good stuff and they are here to help and again um, many times 50 percent of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting to enjoy sex Roman's here to help check it out all right now wide receiver play for the University of Arizona there is not a receiver core in the conference, and if Kevin Green's father is on the show, which he has been before, um, hello, Kevin. But um, I believe that there's not a receiving core in the conference that I would take over this team or over what we've seen right there. You've got T Mac, you got Cowling, we know that, but you've also got Tanner McLaughlin in right there as well. And we're not even talking about some of the dudes that showed up. Where you've got uh, um, you've got a. A Malachi Riley or Malachi uh, Riley who looked absolutely fantastic. You've got a um, a Kevin Green right there. There's a lot to like about this receiving core right here. Jason Shearer. Uh yeah, as you can tell,
1: Bianca's excited. Um, I was you know, gonna say, well,
0: as, she, as she should be. It's...
1: Riley, I thought Riley would be good, but he's awesome. Like he is really good for a freshman wide receiver. Devin Hyatt looks really good. Kevin Green looks really good uh this core is yeah like you mentioned i mean there are weapons and my only hope is that Jedfish fish plays more receivers yes. than he did last year but there is very aj jones has had moments in practice there is very clear talent at the wide receiver position um if you were to ask me what you know position group i'm worried about wide receiver wouldn't even come to mind i, I think that they are absolutely fantastic in that area
0: Wide receiver and running backs are the two positions that I have absolutely really no concerns about. And honestly, let's be honest here. Kevin Cummings and our guy Scotty Green or Scotty Graham back the A, Scotty Graham right there. From the Ohio State, sorry coach, not Ohio State, as he promptly corrected me on. But we have, I mean, this really is an awesome coaching staff. You and I have seen over the years where there's been some, let's be honest here, some dead weight on the coaching staff. Guys just collecting checks. Everybody has a role right here, and you see that with the talent out there.
1: Yeah, and, and, and like I mentioned, like Kevin Cummings and the wide receivers could watch him coach the entire practice. I, right. I mean, they respond to him. He's not a big yeller. Ah, uh, when he does yell, there's a reason. Scotty Graham is the most lovable coach, you know, in the country. Like everyone mm-hmm. likes Scotty Graham. I mean, he's great, and it was a great hire by Jet because remember, Scotty wasn't coaching. Like this is his right. first coaching job, and and the, obviously he knows what he's doing. For him, I think the most impressive thing with Scotty is that that room is loaded. You've got Coleman, you've got Wiley, you've got DJ Williams, Brandon Johnson's going to be coming in. Yeah, you got Speedy Luke, and these Sam. guys like each other and they're good with their roles, right? That That is Scotty Graham. Like one. And I asked Wiley and he said, Oh, that's Scotty. Scotty has been able to kind of create a room where we all respect and love each other. That's not easy to do at this level. And so like you mentioned, I mean, it, it is an impressive coaching staff.
0: You need with this, uh, with Arizona, with Speedy Luke, this is the one guy I think before each game that the coaching staff has to figure out a way. I don't care how it happens. I need eight touches at least a game from fam right there. Um, I don't understand this year. I get it last year, not having him return kicks. I need him to return kicks this year because he's really, really good at it. There are small players in the past that have returned kicks. So I don't really buy that, Uh, but I need him to be getting the ball at least eight times a game. And Bianca agrees with this.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, you know, I I don't know if he's going to return kicks. Jacob Cowling may have been promised kicks. I don't like that idea. Uh, would you like that idea? if, If that's one of the reasons he came back?
0: Well, I mean, I guess if you're, you know, putting my feet to the fire, right there, but I still don't want. No, well,
1: I, I don't disagree with you. I'd like to see Speedy Luke return, him, but I, I do agree. I, I think maybe he was he was injured a little bit last year, obviously, but I, I do think that he's that guy. Like when when Arizona landed him, it was described to me as they would use him, similar to how UCLA used Dimitri Felton, which is you said we're going to get you eight to ten touches, a couple carries, a couple end arounds, a couple catches. And that's what they need to do with Speedy Luke. And I will say during practice, there is definitely an effort to get him more involved um, in the passing game for sure. Uh, You know, we saw him the other day go for a 65 yard touchdown on a little dump off pass. Uh, I think you're going to see him more heavily involved where he has to be in the open field because his speed is just too, it's too valuable an asset. you got to get him the ball in the open field.
0: We're going to talk about the defense tomorrow, but I want to wrap up here with the offensive line. I'm totally fine with the interior right there. I think the interior of the line is going to be very good. I do have significant questions, though, about the tackle positions. Uh, Jordan Morgan is a player, obviously no questions about. Um, but he is he's going to be eight months removed from an ACL surgery. So, again, that's going to be interesting to watch. I don't feel great about, and again, I could be totally wrong here. This is Lamont's guy. But I t- don't feel great about Joe Bourgeon. At the other tackle spot right now, but Peyton Fears was the epitome of kind of meh, and they were able to get through the season with him. Those the, the tackle positions worry me a little bit right now.
1: Yeah, guard is solid. Wendell Mo, um, you know Jonah, you're good. Guards are right. fine. the The tackle spot, even with Jordan Morgan, let it, he comes back, I I think the other tackle spot, you know, you're asking a lot for Raymond Polito to come on campus without being there early and contribute to me, they got to go out in the portal and get someone, even if it's a depth guy, they got to go out and get someone. Um, you know, the first guy that comes to mind is, is Simmons from San Diego state. He right. said that he's going to enter the portal, but the deadline was already passed. If the portal opens up again and he enters it, Arizona has got to go all in on him because if you put him and Morgan at tackle, you're good. I mean, that's one of all of a sudden you have one of the best offensive lines in of the conference. Right. Um, but I, I do think that they have to go, at least for depth reasons. And go out and get a tackle in the portal when it opens back up.
0: All right, Jason Shear. We're gonna sign off right now, but where can they find Jason Shear on Twitter and where can they find his day job? Uh <laughs>
1: at Jason Shear on Twitter and WildCatauthority.com. Also, we have the Wildcat Scoot Podcast with uh with my wife Shelby. So those are the the three best ways to hear me.
0: He's Jason Shear, and again, everybody out there, really appreciate all of your comments. I will be back with you tomorrow. We love getting the animals. We're a very animal-friendly show in this. We're very animal-friendly. We got both of them in right there. We got two, all right, and you got the little guy behind as well. So, again, good stuff. And the great Jacob Jeffrey Franklin or Jeffrey Jacob Franklin, both of those are his legal first name. Big fan of that. Jacob, you're the man. Thanks for making me look good. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.